and welcome to Snapshots Made Yesterday podcast, a podcast for tomorrow. I'm Justin, and I'm here to talk about those memories for tomorrow. Hello, everybody. I am joined today by Kristen and John, who have started in 2020 a website called Logic.Baby. And we're going to get into that here in just a moment. But first, I'm going to introduce and actually hear from them. Hello, John and Kristen. Good morning. Hello. Thank you all so much for, for joining me today. And um, I am, I've looked at your website. And so, I mean, I pretty much know the premise, I, I think, mm-hmm. behind it. But I wanted to hear and um, try to share the story of it as well. So you all are involved with, uh, out in St. Louis, you all are involved with trying to help people in the NICU. Is that correct? Yeah, that's right. Um, we had a baby together in May. Um, his name's Otter. He was born May 16th of 2020. And uh, everything started out seeming great. Um, and despite like not being able to have a medicated birth um Kristen pushed through a ton of pain and our baby was born and everything seemed great uh within like an hour or so they um carted Kristen off for a an MRI for a something separate and they were just trying to fit her into the MRI schedule as long as we were in the hospital because we had COVID going on right figured you know that's one less extra trip to the hospital so um Otter and I just kind of hung out and um, they had, they had wondered earlier if maybe he looked a little shivery right around the time they took her away and they put him under heat lamp and, uh, took a blood sugar test and that came back with a low result. So for the next hour or so, it was just me and Otter hanging out, not neither one of us having any clue what being a baby was all about. <laughs> and, uh, when, when Kristen came back, he was still having, um, kind of looking a little, pale or will shiver to the one of the nurses. So they said, you know, he really needs some extra help to get his um, sugar levels up and running. So they sent us upstairs to the neonatal assessment center, the NAC, which is kind of like a NICU, but for the, um, uh, for the labor and delivery side of things, postpartum. Okay. And they gave him some extra sugar and hooked him up to an IV. So um, there's a thing called transient, hypoglycemia and I won't get too detailed on this cause I don't know a ton of details, but um, basically, you know, some babies are born and their sugars aren't right. And it just takes them a few days to kick in and get up and running. And that was kind of the assumption. Um, so after a couple of days, they discharge Kristen. And at that point they send the baby over to the NICU in a different hospital. Um, we're at St. Louis children's hospital for at the NICU and um, so wonderful staff, um, great facility. But unfortunately, when they put in an IV, he caught a staph infection. Oh, no. And yeah. So that really changed everything. So that not only is it scary, but it also means you're going to be in the hospital for two more weeks on the antibiotic regimen. So... Um, luckily they caught it early. One of the nurses, um, picked up on it and said something just wasn't right with his heart rate and fever. And they really got on it fast. Well, we came to find out it's very hard for babies to, um, 
resolve hypoglycemia issues while they're like a having an infection B on antibiotics and it, it's just a rough time for them. So their systems and responses are dulled. They're not able to like figure things out. So at the end of that two weeks, everything started coming together. Um, so that, that, and he went home healthy after 22 days. So that is kind of like the very high level of what happened. The other level is like what was really going on. And, you know, from the parent perspective, we don't know. Um, from the nurse and doctor perspective, they have ideas and they explore them and treat them. But no one's sure for sure. You're just everyone, you know, it's like my brother who's in medicine. He um, he says it's called the practice of medicine for a reason. You're always practicing. You're always learning. Right. So uh, they're doing their best. And, you know, sometimes it didn't make sense to us. And uh, well, actually, if we go all the way back to the, the delivery, the baby comes out and they, they tell us, you know, we need to go hook them up to IVs and get them fixed. And I was like, hold on a second. <laughs> what are you talking about? Like a second ago, he was fine. And I asked questions like, what's the matter? You know, why? And, you know, they gave me some reasons like, well, usually it's um, the mom has gestational diabetes. Is that right? Or um, the baby is severely under or overweight. And I'm like, are either of those things true? No, no. Well, and then what's the problem? We don't know. Yeah. I'm like, okay, well, if you don't know, that's okay. But I need to know that. <laughs> now, also, I am now freaking out because we're going from like nothing to escalating. Right. I, I told them, I'm like, it feels like treating something that we don't know what we're treating is going to just lead to a spiral where things I'm not going to cuss, but like, we don't know what's going to happen. Right. And might not lead to a good thing. And it kind of like, that's where it ended up. Um, not because anyone, you know, meant ill will or anything, but, you know, something happened. He got an infection and things got much worse. So from that, from like his first moment of birth, we were advocating for him and asking questions. And it was very uncomfortable. Sometimes it felt confrontational. That first interaction was very, felt very confrontational because I was very confused. We've been up for something like 36 hours and we were all very scared. Right. From then on, we had a lot of hard conversations, asked a lot of questions. We really had to advocate for the baby, um, for Otter. And I say like, you know, we're going to be here 12 hours a day, but before we go to bed, please give us a call, give us a call in the morning because there's shift changes. We want to stay on top of things. If anything, you know, there were situations where we walked in the next day and he had an IV, for example, in his belly button or in his head or in his wrist. And this is scary to new parents. And it's like, you know, give us a heads up. Um, and so there was the advocacy and then there was engaging with the baby. You know, you're there um, in front of medical staff and professionals who do it every day. And it can be kind of like scary or embarrassing to, right. you know love on your baby or to, you know, for me, I never changed a diaper really in one years and um, lots of questions and then engaging with the staff. And um, so there were a lot of tools that we kind of taught ourselves along the way and uh, asking questions. We Googled plenty of things for better or worse, but you know, that, that gave, that gave us questions to ask. Right. And, um, and, and that's what you all are using now to try and 
help other families, right? Is from from your experience to try and help so that they don't go into it blind as well. I mean, is am I like on the right track? Yeah, okay. yeah, that's what we're doing. So we we felt like you know here we are. We know we're privileged and we have the time to actually be at the NICU and. You know, we had some things going for us that a lot of parents don't have, mm-hmm. and we wanted to make sure that we could figure out what we could bring to them to help them navigate the experience and feel empowered to, you know, have, well, to get through it and to know that they did all they could do on their end to advocate for their baby and be involved. And so um, we wanted to develop some education and advocacy coaching and training to help them navigate all of that. Because, you know, we, like John said, we just kind of did it out of, I don't know, just us figuring it out as we went, but we had to learn fast and we had to stay really involved. We had to remind the doctors and all the medical team on a regular basis of our communication plan that we had set up for when they should get in touch with us we had to remind them to introduce themselves. You know, there was just, there's a lot that goes into it when you're in a big teaching hospital where you're trying to, everyone's trying to do the best they can, but sometimes they forget, you know, that they need to slow down a little bit and, you know, reintroduce themselves and make sure everybody's on the same page. Um, So we want to, you know, create um, information for parents to use so that when they go through this, they can, really kind of see it as also as an opportunity for them to have, you know, further engagement with their baby while they have extra help, as well as, you know, use all the experts and specialists that they will see while they're there to their advantage to really learn the best ways to do things. I know that helped us. I've had three other babies before this and never had that opportunity. And so we got to see you know, occupational therapists and speech therapists and physical therapists. And they taught us all kinds of things that we wouldn't have known about our baby and how to do infant massage and how to best feed him. And just so many things that are kind of a benefit to being in that environment. Yeah. And now from my experience, um, I, we were very blessed. Our, our son, he'll be four this year, Uh but he was not, um, he wasn't in the NICU. Mm-hmm. And uh, I mean, and that's a blessing. I mean, it, it really is. And but like John was saying, I didn't know. I mean, as a first time parent, when I'm there and people are they need to go and do it. I'm like, what are you doing with this child? Mm-hmm. We just mm-hmm. had it. Why don't you know? Like, And so they take him to go weigh him or they're going to go do whatever. Right. And I'm just like, what? When do we get him back? <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, uh, it's like I'm not. It's not a toy that I'm just done with, and then I'll come and pick it up later, you know. Now, my my niece, she was in the NICU uh, mm-hmm. immediately after being born. And I remember that because we were all there uh, at the hospital when she was when she was born and things kind of went south for for mom and baby. There was there was mm-hmm. a lot of things going on. And my brother was the only one, obviously, back there during the time. So when he came out to tell us, he had no idea what was going on, which uh-huh. is scary for him and scary for us because none of us know what to ask. You know, it's that it's that thing. And you don't – I'm right with you, John. I'm right because there's that whole thing of I don't want to ask and sound stupid, right. but mm-hmm. I want to ask 
and find out, you know, so that I'm not stupid. I, it's just kind of like, it's right. that catch. And so I, I like, I like that. And the friend of mine, her, her daughter was in the NICU. They had a, a I think he was in there for a, a year and a half, mm-hmm. um, struggling and, and stuff. Wow. And they were kind of, they've learned a lot and are trying to help people as well on, um, but it's a heart I forget the exact term, but it's something to do with his heart. Mm-hmm. And so there's, you know, like there's that aspect. So there's so many different things that the NICU ends up going for that everybody needs the help. And I, I just, I, what you're both saying, I, I, it speaks to me because, yes, you have to ask. Don't be afraid to ask. But I like that you all have taken what you're your experience and trying to help others with that. And cause it's scary, especially first time parents. I mean, personally, I, it, it's terrifying. It's wonderful, mm-hmm. but it's terrifying. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. we, uh, we got a lot of perspective for, it's interesting because, you know, for the, for the parents, there's one patient in the hospital and it's your kid. And, for the doctors and staff, you know, they may have two or three or, you know, for the attendings, I have no idea how many they're in charge of. And, you know, there's one priority for us. There's a lot of priorities for them. And for us, it was terrifying as bad as it gets. This is the worst thing ever, but we're also fully aware, like, gosh, we, in a sense, we're lucky. There's, you know, walk in those halls, mm-hmm. you know, you try and not like peer into other rooms, but it's, it's, so obvious that there's much harder situations going on. Um, kids who are in there for a long time, kids who have much more severe issues than we had to um, deal with. And, you know, that, that's something that we kind of remember every day is that, you know, we on the, on the scheme, in the scheme of things, we did not have that bad of a scenario. Mm-hmm. And we certainly, you know, don't try and present ourselves as having gone through the worst thing. And, you know, some, I know in my life, you know, when you go through different traumas, sometimes it's too hard to like engage in those. And, you know, I I think having gone through what might be a mild experience has allowed us to engage in this kind of arena to help other people where, you know, we, we, we can hear other people's stories. We can talk, we can help them as much as we can, but it's, you know, it brings back memories and sometimes tears, but it it's not overwhelming to the point where we can't think about it. And like you were saying, there's so many people. I mean, everyone knows someone who had a baby uh-huh. in the NICU. Like, I think it's a third of all births right now have, or at least last year, were, were ended up in the NICU yeah. for one reason or another. And sometimes they're short stays and sometimes they're really long ones, like you were saying, with a year and a half. I mean, it's it's a kind of a broad range of of time frame, but it, it's just as scary no matter what. And, mm-hmm. you know, we just, we felt like we kind of, you know, at one point John asked the doctors, well, do you have an advocate or someone for Otter? Because we don't fully understand some of the you know information you're telling us. And we have to assume you're doing what you should be doing, but we feel like there's not anybody here to like represent Otter's needs kind of objectively. And, we realized after that, that that was us and that we had to kind of figure out, you know, what that looked like. And then furthermore, figure out how to help other people 
feel that way for themselves and their baby. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Cause it's a, it's a mm-hmm. new life. That mm-hmm. little baby has a, a brand new life and you are in charge of it because mm-hmm. the baby cannot explain to you what's going on. Right. That is terrifying. Um, but wonderful at the same time. I don't, it, it's just, it's, it's the whole parenting thing. And, and mm-hmm. I, how can you explain how that feels? You know, just like, I can't put a word to it, but, mm-hmm. but then being able to help. So, and that's, that's what I like that you all are doing is that you are, you're taking it and trying to help others knowing full well that you've only experienced your version. So mm-hmm. I, here's what I can tell you that I have gone through, but right. here's what I can tell you that I have found out or researched or something, you know, and then you all are able to compile the information from everybody else mm-hmm. and use that to further your program. So you all started uh, your website. Well, the website is logic.baby. Mm-hmm. And when did you all start that in 2020? Well, I think the uh, the very like beginning spark probably happened. Uh, I don't know, and maybe even in the NICU, but if not, then soon after about how to do more for the world. And um, Chris and I both have entire careers spent in working for nonprofits and consulting for nonprofits, and. It, it wasn't obvious what to do first. Right. And yeah. we, you know, much like many great ideas, there were some ideas that like, you know, are on the cutting room floor. And this is kind of what it evolved into was creating a nonprofit and even, even having nonprofit experience in like our entire lives, loving and working for not volunteering for nonprofits that we didn't go there first. But then when we landed there, we're like, Oh, well, this is obvious. This is what we're meant to do. And all of a sudden the pieces fell together and we realized like, we can't, you know, we really didn't want to do it on our own in the hospital. Nobody should go through that. And, you know, in in COVID times, we were lucky that we could both be there, but we couldn't have any friends or family. And um, the best we could do is phone calls. So we started reaching out to people that we know who we love and trust. And um, we talked to our, um, one of our attendings from when we were in the NICU and she's now the president of our board um, mm-hmm. of our nonprofit. We've uh, got one of our NICU nurses, the very first nurse we met who helped us get through those first few moments and um, you know, m- medical business nonprofit professionals who we've met or known throughout our lives. So we built our board. It's about a dozen people right now of like super smart, helpful, caring, kind people. And they, um, we all came together back in October for our very first board meeting, which is a requirement for launching an official like 501c3 nonprofit. So we've been at that for about four months. Three months before that, we filed a business license in the state of Missouri to start our organization. And, you know, for several months before that, we were doing planning. So it goes back well into last year. And it's, yeah, um, it's a long, long process. Yeah. It, Somehow it's been like full time on top of like full time with, you know, the three kids going through remote schooling, a baby who is late. Yeah. He's, he's what you call a Velcro baby, which we weren't familiar with before, but it's a baby who always wants to be attached to you. 
and, you know, day and night. And then he had a few months of colic on top of, you know, blood sugar fears. You know, even when we got home, we were supposed to check his blood sugar every three hours. So it was a lot. Mm-hmm. Now, if and people can support your can support this because um, you take donations. Is that right? Yeah. So there's two really big ways that we would love support. And one is that Kristen can speak to more in a minute is, um, and you mentioned it is we have a NICU family needs assessment form and it takes about 15 minutes to complete. It's a Google form and we've had about a hundred submissions so far. And that just reviews a, a parents NICU experience and um, helps us learn about areas that could use some, um, some help and how we can best help parents. Cause we're not here to tell you how we can help you. We, we need you to tell us. And um, yes. So financially it, it's, you know, certainly um, keeps us up and running. And um, Kristen and I both um, put in the hours no matter what, but to run a successful nonprofit, you know, we, we need to create a foundation um, of fundraising. So right now all of our fundraising is through individual contributions and we do have a link on the website for that. We also have campaigns. Um, we've had like a Giving Tuesday campaign. I did a birthday fundraiser, and then we did a launch campaign. We also have for Valentine's Day, just as you know, like a fun little holiday, work a fundraising campaign into. So uh, all of that can be found on our website, which is kind of like the central place. Um, we do a lot of social media because right now the programming Kristen's producing is videos, um, educational content put out in videos. And we push that out into Facebook, YouTube, LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. TikTok. So, um, and TikTok's a lot of fun. It's, it's kind of like the wild west, but, um, <laughs> we're finding our niche. Nice. Our, uh, our handle, like our social media handle is always at logic.baby. So it's logic, L-O-G-I-C-D-O-T-B-A-B-Y. And the reason that we're called Logic Baby is logic is made up of the first letter of all of the kids' names. So I, we have Louise, Otter, George, and Charlotte. And then you can think of the I as like, I is everywhere in you know, 2021, you know, it's the iPhone. It, you know, it's, it's smart. It's intelligence. It's information. I like it. Well, that's what I, cause, and I forgot to write it down. I wanted to ask you about it because when you, uh, when you look at it, it's all caps, L O G Mm -hmm. lowercase I capital Mm -hmm. C. So uh, yeah, I like, I, I wanted to see how intentional that was. I'm sure, Mm -hmm. you know, I was like, I know this is intentional, but what yeah. exactly, you know, how intentional is it? Uh, uh, one one fun thing is that the little eye kind of looks like a little baby and a swaddle, which is kind of like our, our logo. So, you know, it's something to play around with in the future. Yeah, I like, yeah. I see, I, I've got the website <laughs> pulled up. So I, 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 I yeah, I <laughs> dig it. I dig it. That's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. Now, you. so you all, you're based in St. Louis, so mm-hmm. if I'm in Florida or California or something and I want I want this help, can I still reach you all for that help? Or what would you suggest that I do? If I'm if I'm having a baby and my child's in the NICU and I need some help and I know about you, what do you suggest I do? Yeah, so right now what's great is that what our programming is just um, video content and will be some blog content too. So that 
you know, is, is able to be reached by anyone. So they can see the videos on YouTube or TikTok or Facebook. Um, and of course the assessment that is up on the website, that is, you know, we want anyone to fill that out. And we've had people all over the country, um, already contribute to that. So that helps us get an idea of kind of the issues and things that people are facing in the NICU experience. Um, and I think as we move forward and develop even more programming, once, you know, we have a little bit more of our fundraising up and going, um, we'll be able to still reach people, not just in St. Louis. We're not, you know, I think our, our big goal is to really help anyone anywhere <clears throat> because it's not just specific to St. Louis. St. Louis has its own unique issues and we definitely want to contribute to that. Um, but you know, we really want to be for everyone. And we started with that in mind. We, we have um, a couple of our board members are in Washington state and one in Miami, Florida. And uh, we're, you know, kind of not collecting, but we, we have some great, uh, great folks in mind throughout the country who would like to join our board. And we also have committees and I would definitely encourage anyone if, if you are somewhere else in the country, like you can send us a message mm-hmm. in any number of ways. And, you know, we're, right now we're two people and a volunteer board. So we'll do our best to support you in whatever way we can. But, you know, we, we take advantage of our network. We take advantage of all the information out there. And we would love to provide in-person advocates or some sort of technological um, solution like um, texting an advocate. And, you know, that we have, we're dreaming big, but we're starting out, you know, in the space that we can make it happen. Right. And the, right now we contribute time and energy and thought. And, you know, it's, it's what we do in every free moment is go on walks and discuss it or shoot videos and edit. And it is a blast. It's a ton of work and, you know, we're just going for it. So yeah, fill out the assessments, reach out to us and we'll do whatever we can because, you know, this we love it. Mm-hmm. That's that's awesome. And there are millions of babies throughout <sighs> just yeah. the country that mm-hmm. uh, it's that possibly, you know, the odds are there. A lot of those are going to be in the NICU. Mm-hmm. And but you all are are here. I love it. I love that your your support. It doesn't matter where you are. If you know somebody, reach out to John and Kristen at logic.baby because, uh, yeah, that's just wonderful. And uh, hats off to you all for, for doing that, for trying to to bring some, like, a sense of normalcy in a mm-hmm. way, but also right. a comfort to people in need because mm-hmm. there's, you know, as a, as a parent now, when I have a, another child, well, I'll know, uh, you know, it's another step. However... If that child ends up in the NICU, that's something I've never experienced. Mm-hmm. You know, right. so there's still that it, it's not you're always learning and and you all are doing the best that you can to try and, and share that knowledge. And it's just, ah, it just touches me. That's all I can say. Thank you. <laughs> I, just, yeah. I just think it's wonderful. Thank you. We Yeah, we another step we'd like to take is trying to get ahead of this, like. Like you said, it's about comfort and normalcy. And I think that just comes to, down to familiarity, to information, to access, because, you know, it doesn't have to be, I mean, it can certainly be scary and traumatic, 
but it's one of those things where, you know, the more, you know, that the easier it is to go through it. And, you know, we, we want to get ahead of it. So folks are hearing more about the NICU before they're mm-hmm. giving birth. So some parents, you know, in, in a sense are lucky because they know their baby's going to go to the NICU for whatever reason after birth, other parents, it's a surprise like it was for us. So, you know, the more we can educate folks ahead of time, the better, you know, and it, it just makes it a, a more comforting solution, I think. Yes. Yes. So uh, if you know somebody who has had a child that was in the NICU, or if your child was in the NICU, be sure to check out uh, John and Kristen's website, logic.baby, and fill out that assessment. That's uh, the family needs assessment. Mm-hmm. It's about halfway through um, that I'm looking at. And then they're also on Facebook, Twitter, mm-hmm. Instagram, LinkedIn, and YouTube. And yep. share that out there. Get that, yeah, get the information out uh, to anybody who needs it. And because your that little move can help in a really big way. All right, John and Kristen, before we go, a little silly question. Great. If you're ready. <laughs> we love All it. All right. So I've got these. They're called pod decks. Uh, they're silly little interview kind of question card things. So I pulled one out before we before I started recording. So here we go. I'm going to ask you this. If you got stuck in an elevator and were forced to listen to only one song, what song would you pick? <laughs> well, I think Kristen's laughing because following Otter's birth, you know, we, we, we listen to all sorts of music in our house. And um, I don't know. Should we list a few? No. But just basically... <laughs> John is every day listens to Willie Nelson. Yes. Ah. So we, we start every morning out with the morning feed with Willie Nelson. And it's like the Amazon echo play. Like I say, Hey, echo play the top song. So it, yeah, it starts out with highway man and then goes to show and lefty. And we got on the road again, you know, yeah. all, all the classics. All so that, cla- Oh yeah. So I, I think no question about it. Um, any one of those songs would be it. And for better or worse, because it's it's a little much at this point, but it's a habit. <laughs> That's great. That's great. All right. What about you, Kristen? Um, I think I could listen to Dreams by Fleetwood Mac forever. Yeah. So that would probably be. That's the one mine. that was just in the. Meme. Yeah, that's the one that was the TikTok guy with the writing his. Yeah. And drinking juice on yeah. the skateboard. Yeah, and he got a bunch of. But you liked it before. He that. went viral. Yeah, no, I. <laughs> For a long time, so yeah, and then everybody tried to copy after him. I know, right? Yeah, there's there's crazy things. Uh, (laughs) Let me see. I'm trying to think for me because I didn't even. I I was trying not to think about it very much. So I'm gonna go. I'm really gonna go off the rails than probably what I normally would do. So I'm gonna say Queen, Mm -hmm. um, and I'm gonna say Bohemian Rhapsody. Oh, yeah, good one. Yeah, I, I like that. The hours are fun. Yeah, it changes enough. I think I'd be I'd be okay, but um, <laughs> I I don't know. Yeah, if I got stuck in an elevator, it doesn't say how long you got stuck in the right. elevator. So <laughs> that's true. Maybe that after true. twelve hours of it, I might mm-hmm. be a little tired. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, that song has so much going on. I, I've heard that 
people don't get sick of Dr. Pepper because there's so many flavors in it. Like, <laughs> Bohemian Rhapsody is kind of like that too. It's, like just, Dr. Right. it's the, uh-huh. the Dr. Pepper version. <laughs> yeah. That's great. That's great. All right. Well, thank you all again so much for joining me today. Thank you for what you are doing for other families. Like I said, you know, I can't speak from personal experience for my child, but I've seen it in in uh, close family and friends. And having somebody like you all that are trying to help others, just it has to be for those in need. It has to be a wonderful shoulder, uh, mm. you know, to to lean on and and everything. So, I for them as the best that I can. I thank you. For me, as an outsider looking in, I thank you. And I wish you all the best in in doing that, and I just think it's wonderful. I think what you're doing is great. Thank you, Yeah, that's wonderful. Thank you so much. In the spirit of love and Valentine's Day, since we just passed Valentine's Day, if you would like to join the fundraiser for Logic.Baby, You can do so. The link is in the notes. Even though it is past Valentine's Day, we still want to say... Happy Valentine's Day. Happy Valentine's Day to everyone out there. We hope that you had, if you celebrate. If not, hey, every day should be Valentine's Day anyway, right? (laughs) Just spread the love around. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. Be sure to subscribe. And if you or someone you know wants to come on the podcast, send me an email at snapshotsmadeyesterday at gmail.com or connect with me on social media. Connect with me on Twitter at snapshotsmade, on Instagram and Facebook at snapshotsmadeyesterday. Until next time, remember, those snapshots made yesterday are the memories for tomorrow. Thanks for listening.